0: OutdoorEdge.com
1: Welcome to the Antler Up podcast brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you today. On this week's episode, I was joined by my good friend, Aaron Hepler. Aaron's been on the podcast a few different times already, but the topics on today's episode, we haven't really explored. What we really wanted to accomplish in this week's episode was to discuss how we can become more efficient hunters for this upcoming year. I think we honestly just scratched the surface and we'll be really completing another episode or a few episodes to really build on this. This is a really easy podcast to listen to and it's really some of my favorites to complete when a good friend is on and we just chat about hunting. To kick this episode off, we dive into my turkey uh, success stories. We discuss how taking what I've learned in the turkey woods this spring, how that can really help me out come fall for whitetail. And following that, we get into what we can do to become that more efficient hunter from trail cameras, prepping your gear now, shooting your bow, and a heck of a lot more. One aspect that we touched upon with scouting and how important it is really to have confidence in yourself completing your scouting missions from speed scouting, creating predetermined tracks on your map to what sign to look for when setting up your cameras uh, for specific times of the year. And Aaron covers it all in this episode. We end on two different topics being uh, which cameras we have found our most luck with and how really persistence has helped us in the woods. So check it out. Thank you so much, everybody, for all of your support. If you like what you hear, please go give us a five-star review, either on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast episodes. We have some really cool things coming down the pipeline for you guys this summer. Really, really want to say thank you for all the support. It means the world to me. We'll check you out next week. Have a good week, everybody. Antler up. Tether is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting, designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter. Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. And before we dive into this week's episode, I have some really exciting news for you. If you've been eyeing any Exodus products for a while now, then you're in for a real treat. In celebration of their eighth year anniversary of trailblazing the trail camera marketplace exodus is now offering an exclusive campaign for you guys starting on may 19th you'll save 25 percent off the entire exodus website with a deal this great exodus will be offering these savings for the first 300 exodus renders as well as the 300 rivals so the good news though is if you miss out on these savings you can lock in 25 off the entire site until june 12th while supplies last All you have to do is use code AU at checkout to unlock your savings. In the case you need to be a little bit more familiar with what Exodus really has to offer, I'm about to share some of their key attributes flagship model of the render is powered by the Verizon 4G LTE technology boost lightning fast transmission times, making it the fastest in the industry. Plus it's incredibly user-friendly and dependable and it ensures it's going to work flawlessly when it matters most. You can also save $125 with purchasing the Exodus render security bundle with code AU. And if you're looking for that budget-friendly, personally it's my favorite camera it's amazing it's super awesome uh, and it takes amazing pictures and the quality and functionality of it is just as simple as the render then check out the rival with with our exclusive code AU you can grab this sucker for under $140 backed by Exodus's renowned 5-year no-BS warranty this new camera is simple reliable and dollar for dollar it is the best camera on the market so take advantage of these limited savings and remember you'll always be backed by their five-year warranty. They stand behind their products. On top of that, they offer that five-year theft and damage warranty, a peace of mind, and let's them remember their best-in-class customer service to solve any issues or hiccups that arise. So use code AU at checkout over at exodusoutdoorgear.com. What's up, everybody? We're back. We're live for a new episode of the Antler Up podcast. I'm joined on the other line by good friend... Aaron Hepler. Aaron, appreciate you coming on again, dude. What's going on?
0: Anytime, buddy. Not much. How are you doing today?
1: You know, today was one of those days where it is, you know, the first week of May, and you would think it'd be nice out, and we could take our students outside to go play some really fun, you know, phys ed games, but yet we're inside, and there's like 80 kids because we have select so we have maybe 90 kids within a class and there's four teachers and we usually what we do is we split up and you have one person like right now has you know the fitness center one person has tennis the other person has team sports and then the other individual has mountain biking but when it's raining out and you can't get outside we're can and it's AP testing. So our, our gyms are used. So now it's like, it's a, it's a mess, man. So you end up having 80 kids in one big gym, trying to figure out what can we play all collectively. And it's just, uh, sometimes I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Red Rover, red
0: Rover. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. Like,
1: don't get me wrong. There's some classes are really cool about it and and embrace it. And, but today, it seemed like because I asked my wife how her English classes went, and she said Man, they were kind of lazy and you know kind of giving me attitude. I said, you know, I felt kind of the same way. Like if I have to bargain with you, that that's not good, <laughs> yeah. right? So that was the that was my day, and I've been hitting it hard pretty much in the weight room right now and mm-hmm. uh, doing. I'm going back. I'm. I've, well, I've been. I should say since I think. Last week of January, I started again. I started doing the Mountain Tough program. I did it a couple of years okay. ago. Yeah, I did it a couple of years ago when we went out to Utah and mm-hmm. really enjoyed the program. Now that's even better, they offer that app and all kinds of cool stuff. And so, yeah, that's what I've been kind of going. And uh, recently, they just released their preseason hunting program which is like 16 weeks, but it's the 2.0 version. And that's the one that I originally bought a couple of years ago. And I loved it. So I was like, all right, sweet dude. Like I'm on day three and I'm so sore (laughs) Nice. and I've been working out since January, but it's just different now. You know what I mean? It's a whole new program. So I'm just, I feel so, so weak. So between that and the rain and everything like that, I'm just like, I, and, I just want to go back out turkey hunting and, and scout a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm ready for some scouting. I want to, I haven't gotten out turkey hunting yet, but I'll, uh, uh, Friday, I'll go out this Friday, Saturday. So
1: it should be good. I think with the should be good crappy weather this whole week, I think clearing, and then, up, yeah. clearing up, I think they're going to be hammering down.
0: Yeah. I hope so.
1: I hope so too, buddy. Do you, you ended up, you, it was so funny cause we talked about a couple weeks ago and you're like, yeah, I'll buy the second tag. Did you end up buying one?
0: Yeah, yeah, I always do because I figured like if nothing else, it puts money back into the. I don't know what they use it for, but hopefully they use it for turkeys. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know but it would make
1: sense. Do when Friday was going on the day before our opening day, I was like, okay, buy your extra tag, buy your special tag, and with teaching and other things going on around in the round in the house and everything, I just totally slipped my mind. I was just so dead red on, like, make sure you're up at this time. What's the weather doing? Where are you going to go? So I went out scouting again, and I just totally went brain dead. And, you know, the day I was going on, and it didn't dawn on me until I killed that turkey. And I was like, dang, I'm tagged out. (laughs) Just like you were saying, for people that don't know, yeah, you have to buy that tag before opening day so like you have until friday but once opening day rolls around not that's a no-go
0: yeah Uh, i don't i i don't know what their strategy is with that i don't know if it's to like get people to buy more tags or so that they don't sell that many you know what i mean because i I don't think the turkey i don't know what our i haven't looked at the success rates for a while in pa on turkeys Mm -hmm. i know it's not that it's not great. It's not horrible, but I think it's something like 25%, something like that. And um, so I think maybe they figure like, Oh, it'll either save some turkeys or, or it'll get people to buy a second tag that are usually successful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting though. I've, I've, man, the, the way it happened was just totally nuts. Like just totally random because I originally, Was going to go out to the spot that I scouted a couple of weeks prior for the youth hunt for my daughter. And uh, like I've said before, that ended up having a wildfire. So I,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that before Nora had a chance where I located birds, we couldn't access that road. So, like, that's part of the mountain was actually blocked. So we went right. to a different spot for her hunt. And then. The week happened. I went went to Ohio, killed that bird there. Came back, and I had some other things to do around the house, and so I didn't really get out scouting until Friday, the day before. And I went back to mm-hmm. that area, and there was a truck on right before. Um, I like let's think of like an eighty yard stretch. There was a gate on the right, like where you could park a parking spot on the left that you could pull mm-hmm. in, and then another spot on the right, all within eighty yards. Well, the farthest Mm -hmm. one on the right is where I originally located these birds um, Mm -hmm. and everything, but there was a truck on the left. I was like, man, they're a little too close. Like, I don't know which side they really went on type of ordeal. So I went to the first spot on that just to walk down this far road and just see if there's human tracks and uh, turkey tracks. Mm -hmm. And it was raining. It was misting. Not a whole a whole lot in the first 100 yards but then it opened up there was a lot of turkey sign there was you know a lot of tracks uh, a lot of uh, turkey poop uh, some some scratching all kinds of stuff so I was like great this is where I might come in in the morning and I like the terrain features to that it kind of presented as far as like the vegetation and everything so right I was like pumped I was like I'm gonna get here super early because I know people here will get here at 4 30 just to claim their spot basically of you know hey i parked here so move to the next spot dude i got there at 4 35 and there was a truck there go to the next spot there was that same truck there that was the night before go to the next Mm -hmm. spot up further basically to turn around but there was a truck Mm -hmm. there and i was like holy cow so i looped back to back around almost to the beginning of the game lands because there's open fields far back that I actually hunted before for whitetail. And I was back there for a while, not a whole lot, uh, no calling, didn't hear anything. So I ended up turning it into a deer scouting mission at six 30 in the morning, basically. And as I was walking around, just, you know, slowly uh, came across dude, a ton of deer sign, a ton about Mm -hmm. eight to 10 scrapes that I actually walked through. And nice. a couple small rubs, um, and then further back when it really goes into the big hardwoods, that's where I found that little dink shed. And yeah, I really liked the terrain feature. So I, that was always a spot that I wanted to go back into. So I was like, all right, win, win. I consolation prize shed, got some deer scouting in. I was soaked by that point in time. Like I was texting you that day. And I started working my way out at 8.30. My wife's like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm, I might just come home, grab grab some coffee, get something to eat. You know, it was pretty dead. And it was those couple cars, trucks were there. So as I was coming into town, I was like, screw it. I'm going right at the light. I'm going to go out by uh, more public land, like Blackie area. And I turned around Ooh. the corner and drove on that road. And there was on the public land strip, it was basically going to bring me back to kind of like where I started, but on the other side, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And as I was driving on that road, dude, it was truck, 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 truck. And I could see on, on my map that I'm getting pretty close to the end of the, like back to the road, basically the main highway road. I was like, crap, crap. Well, then all of a sudden I just looked and I was, I kind of the terrain feature that we looked at and scouted back at home. Like that turkey foot, yeah. I was like, "Yep." Oh, with with the topo lines, I'm like, "Man, that kind of looks good." I'm just gonna go in there. It, it's it wasn't raining as hard. I just want to go down in there, scout again for for whitetail. I have all day, my like, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So that's what I do. I park and I start w- walking into this blowdown, dude. And all of a sudden, I just I just hit a soft call. Merp, 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 merp. A couple of seconds go by, and then all of a sudden, it was and I was like, oh boy. And then dude, for two hours, we just played cat mouse kind of, you know, just going back and forth. And every time I think I would move, I think every time they were probably, I thought maybe they were moving forward you know, away from me, they actually were probably staying put more so and they would see me and then they would go. But dude, honestly, it worked out. I got lucky that it worked out because for two hours, like I said, we were playing this game until I finally shot him.
0: But when it up? Well, happened- yeah, you texted me. You texted me at work, like, the you're sitting there and one gobbling. And I was like, oh, he's on one. And I texted you back, like, oh, get him, dude. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, he must have, like, uh, fizzled Hunt out up. or something. And then, like, three hours later, you're, like, walking out with a turkey. I'm like, <laughs> heck, yeah.
1: Dude, so, like he what i was doing was i was kind of going straight to him on this point on this ridge and after i finally wised up a little bit and calmed myself and collected myself i looked at the map and i noticed okay from in the hardwoods to the blowdown if i were to hug that basically that line of the, the mm-hmm. difference to come into the the big the big woods there was looking down over that ridge I was, it wasn't, I, w- I don't want to say it's a field cause it's not a field. It was just this open area. And I was like, man, they might be down in there. So I cut back into the timber at this point. Cause like I said, I was kind of hugging that line. Then I cut right to go back towards the blowdown, walked down down until I could see down into the bottom from that ridge. And what I ended up doing was mm-hmm. I found that big tree trunk falling down. And it was like on an angle and then behind it, made a, another another tree so it was almost like a t and i got right in that crook and put my back up against it and that's where i sat for over an hour plus and just calling back and forth and i had calls with him going until 10 10 or 10 yeah ten we'll say and at that point that was the last gobble i tried back maybe a couple minutes later silent and I was like, okay, I will sit here for the rest of the t- day until it's noon and figure out what happens because they're either going to be working away from me or they're actually going to be coming back towards me. Well, luckily I, mm. I did that because about 11 o'clock on the dot, I have something caught my eye down in the bottom. There were turkeys scratching and making small little clucks here and there. And I softly called. One started working its way up towards me, and I could see there there were gobblers. And as he's walking up, he's on a beeline straight to me, dude. Like a from north to south. But all these big trees mm-hmm. were in between us, and I had my gun rested up and just ready to go left or right, whichever way he was gonna pop out, basically. And as I gave like yep. a soft call, one from the bottom just came up like a bat out of hell, like just huh? all like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like just running up basically. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I turned the gun to him. I'm on the red dots on him. And I said, I say to myself, he's close enough, the red dots on him. He's close enough, the red dots on him. And then finally I just went <laughs> I blasted. Nice. And he starts going down. The other turkeys are attacking him. I'm like stomp foot's on the neck. They're still like clucking nearby. I'm like, get out of here, you know, like just because yeah. it took forever for forever for them to go. And then that was it, man. I was like, oh my gosh, 1120. It was crazy. And then uh, like looking on social media on Saturday or Sunday, like both days, I don't mm-hmm. know how many people said from 1120 to like 1135, they killed turkeys. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably the time of year to do it. Cause the birds are, I mean, we, we have a late opener in PA compared to other States, which is fine. Like biologically. Yeah. Yeah. I would get it. Okay. Yeah. But they kind of, it kind of sucks. Cause they're not quite as responsive to calls first thing off the roost. Like first thing off the roost, they're looking for a hen, And if they're roosted close by, you'll hear them gobble three or four times. And then that's it. Yeah. So they're with hens in the morning. Probably my guess is they were gobbling at your calls, but like, nah, I'm good. and am over here. Yeah. You know, well, and that's,
1: yeah, they definitely had hens too with them. Like for right. sure.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly. and that's that's the thing. the hens that they're gonna lose their hens at some point in the morning and what your call on staying put it's it sucks to stay put in the turkey woods because what you really want to do is like you want to have that like hammering back and forth call match with one and have it come into your call and then but but it takes a lot of um, serious patience to just. Mm-hmm sit there and wait for a turkey because you it's not like a deer like you just expect them to be gobbling and that kind of thing and when they don't kind of can get to you for but if you can sit there and do what you did like they're going to come back through there at some point they heard something there so they want to check it out yeah especially when they lose their hens
1: yeah so that was my thought process man to the t because like i said earlier I, i it turned in it turned into a quick deer scouting mission very quick. (laughs) Like once it was so foggy and I didn't hear anything and when it would lighten up, because the same thought process went into my mind when you and I texted, you know, usually when it's lightens up or it stops raining, those Turkey are hammering in those fields. And I never, I heard one gobble back in that area that week that I was scouting for Nora. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, as I was deer scouting, I found some pretty fresh wing feathers. Now, I don't know if that's from, like I didn't see anything else. I don't know Mm -hmm. if a young one killed one from the week prior. Oh yeah.
0: You'd sent me that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like,
1: you know, I I couldn't really make out what else was going on. And, you know, you and I were like, well, maybe coyote (laughs) will, will eat one today too. But, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm usually that running gun. I, I, but once I, I will be patient with the Turkey. If I know I'm, you know, if there's one that I'm hunting basically.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's usually the mistake that I've always made like growing up is not, not being patient on a Turkey. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's like an important thing to do, especially this time of year later. Actually, if you can get on one like later in the last half of the season, usually you can do better in the morning in the last half of the season. Cause the right. hens are done being bred. So yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're more open to, working later and and the hunting pressures last the last half of the season too
1: i know it's going to sound pretty weird or maybe not i don't know but i'm actually excited to take what i've learned in these two big you know i'm big not big but like in these two specific hunts into the whitetail woods
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> so i like i said i think the trying of your patience is the big thing right anything that anything that talks back to you if you that's what you're looking for like in the when you're hunting a deer you can go sit in a tree all day long and be content yeah because that's what you've always done that's how you do it and you know at some point the deer is going to come walking by <laughs> yeah and you know you have those like like the the magical moment like 6. p.m. and you know like oh got to yeah. stand up you know, that, yeah. you know my dad always used to say that's when you got to stand up in your tree stand you know <laughs> exactly like, yeah uh so you have that when you're deer hunting but it's those like it's almost the same thing as like when you know it's time to eat, your mouth starts watering. You know, like mm-hmm. if you don't hear that turkey gobbling or you don't hear the elk bugling, you're like, ah, they're not here. Like yeah. they're there. If you if you've heard them there before or you've seen them there before, like even if you have pictures of them on your trail camera in the fall, they'll they're gonna be there. Yeah. It's just being patient. But I think being patient and if you can be patient on a turkey, you can teach yourself that even more on a deer.
1: Yeah. Well, that I'm taking that aspect of things, taking the. I know this is going to sound funny because obviously there's been multiple times like you and I've scouted for Whitetail together. Jim and I've scouted. Dimitri and I used to go all the time. You know, there's been plenty of scouting trips, but I feel like scouting. I honestly feel like the attributes. You know, I always relate things to. You know, joking like whether it be a video game or a baseball card. Like you know, you look at someone's attributes of. They're improving this. That is one aspect I really do feel more confident about. about. And I Mm -hmm. owe it to all the guests. I owe it to you and all my friends because, you know, we we're able to bounce things off of each other. And again, that's why I love this platform is to learn and grow as as a person and as a hunter. But I feel like, like, dude, you you couldn't catch me dead probably in years past to be out there and go, go find gobblers before you go on right. them you know what I mean like I, I mean honestly I know the the one here in Pennsylvania that I killed like yeah that was kind of more luck because I, I I saw a spot on the map that I really wanted to ultimately go scout for whitetail but you're right but but in the grand scheme of things like I was going out prior and was finding the the turkey sign that to, to hunt it and, and again like that's where I want to bring that into the whitetail woods of getting better as an individual, getting better as a hunter to be more efficient. And that's ultimately when you and I talked of what I want this to kind of be about is how, how as hunters can we be a little bit more efficient and utilize and prioritize our time more wisely uh, and more calculated when it comes to, to hunting and scouting and stuff like that. So yeah, Yeah. I, I think, Again, I'm excited to hopefully carry this momentum in, into uh, the fall.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you picked out a few good things there, and I think one of the one of the big things is is um, is the map stuff. Like you you wanted to check that stuff out for uh, the you saw that turkey foot kind of looking area, and by turkey foot we're talking about um, basically a ridge that split like has three splits in it somewhere yep, and uh or a couple bends in it it doesn't necessarily need to look like a turkey foot but a couple bends in it where it's the the trains folded in that area and i think that's one thing that you've really been keen in on uh you know this the area that we scouted with jim last year Mm -hmm. like that was something you really keyed in on was like how many different not just terrain, but how many different things come together here, based terrain, vegetation, uh, what's on the ground. Is it, you know, does, is there a rock edge meets a soft wood meets a hardwood with, you know, folded terrain there. And I think that's something that you can spend time looking at all the time. So that way, when you do go to scout, you're going straight to those areas. Like, Oh, let me, and that, that can be your first time through an area when you're scouting, um, but having a plan to just if you want to save time make a loop before you go scouting on your map like i'm going to start with this train feature and this these edges that i think are going to be good and then i'm going to go and and make a loop you can do that and you know let's say you have a 10 mile loop you can do that 3 4 hours if you're speed scouting like oh I'm just going there to see what it looks like and see, you know, next time I come in here, I'm going to pick this one apart or, you know, pick two of them or something like that. But that way, if you're spending time in your maps and you know, it well, you're going to save yourself a lot of time when you get there. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that you did with these turkeys is like, I know where I'm going to go because you were going deer scouting and you happened to, to pick up a turkey. The good thing about deer and turkeys is they eat a lot of the same stuff. Like they're going to be in there and they like they like that. Most game animals like that protection of some kind of terrain based feature, whether it's a hard edge like on the side of a cliff or turkeys like to roost over water a lot. So if you're, you know, on a creek bank where they can fly down into something open, a lot of creek banks are really br- or creek edges are really brushy. But if you can find that opening there, that might be yeah something for a turkey, but something that protects them so they can get over a barrier and get away from you real easy.
1: And if you're preparing for summer shooting right now, getting ready for the hunting season, and you are in need of a new arrow, then check out the Exodus MMT arrow, tailored built to your specific setup. Go to their builder online, get precision built arrows and experience the most consistent and dependable arrow available. All you have to do is go to exodusoutdoorgear.com, click under the arrows, put in all your specs, and you are going to be able to get the arrow built for your knees. If you have any questions, just give the guys a call. They'll be more than happy to help you out. Again, this savings is going to start May 19th until June 12th, where you'll get $70 off a dozen of MMT arrows just by using code AU. So check it out over at exodusoutdoorgear.com while supplies last. Yeah. When you said about speed scouting and the thing I was – when you said that, the first thing that popped in my mind is, I love the fact that you said a, a predetermined loop, right? Because a couple of weeks ago, I—that's what I did the one time when I was hanging some cameras. Actually, it was when do you remember a couple of weeks ago when I sent you that message with the deer that was still holding antlers? You know what yeah. was that? Still in March or yep. end of March, almost April. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was April, I think. But long story short, I did a pre-line. I like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to hit it here. And, like, as I'm walking that area, you, you are able to go through it quicker without your head on a swivel because I'm like, okay, this doesn't this isn't meeting my needs, right? Mm-hmm. One, one, it's not the terrain feature. Two, there's really no sign here. So just keep going until you find what you're really looking for. And that's what I ended up doing. Like, I was like, okay, great. Now here's where I want to be. Slow down, find certain yeah. things, market. Great. Great to the next so like you said using that time wisely using that that speed scouting uh in a in efficient way uh rather than just okay well great keep going basically
0: now i think something else too about i think one one side note on the on the loop thing like if you find that spot where you're like eh, like there's not what i want to see here that's the area that you don't hunt that fall yeah but you should put something there. You should yeah. you should hang a camera there. And I say that because, like, if you don't think it looks good, somebody else isn't going to think it looks good. And maybe deer are getting where, there. Yeah. right? Maybe that's where the deer are going, and the sign just isn't isn't there because that's where they're going to hide when the pressure's high, mm-hmm. or that's just where they're traveling during the rut, and the the sign just otherwise is not really there. So it would make sense to to hang. A camera or something like that um or something as simple as like uh if it's over like a boulder field or rocks or something find that spot where there's mud and rake the leaves away so that way when a deer steps there like you're getting tracks yeah
1: you man this is great because this is great uh experiences where we could talk about things that even you and i did so Mm -hmm. speed scouting when we were down in that swamp i'm actually going to finally a year later get to make you know a reel from you talking uh, about one of those scrapes that we found but anyway when we were going through that swamp area before the swamp really little to nothing like we were like, yeah keep going we found that swamp area again at that point in time it was still well that was early august so you know obviously if deer were living down in that bottom because it was colder cooler and that time frame sign again wasn't nuts however we still hung up a camera there and dude i had deer on that and great bucks on that camera Mm -hmm. all year right it wasn't a major beat down trail wasn't major features other than the swamp and certain pieces that could connect to the other areas Mm -hmm. that we found but again that was that's a prime example of what what you just talked about
0: Yeah. Um, You know, one thing that I think about, PA is rocky, right? You got these little, and they're not like, they're not, right. And it's not all like giant stuff, but it's stuff that kind of sucks to walk over. And most of the time you walk through an area like that and you're like, deer are never going to walk here. There's nothing to eat on the ground. Like there's no oak trees and all that stuff, you know? And then you go in there when there's a little bit of snow and you find like, (laughs) you find that trail that they're walking through those rocks and then you find their beds in the rocks. And you're like, what the heck? is like that? They're mountain goat in here, you know, yeah. but those, they still use it. Yeah. So you, sh- if you, if you're not like you, okay, let's say you make a loop, you got five spots on it. You speed scout all those spots and you find two that suck or you think suck. Cause there's no sign there. Hang a camera on both those. If you're getting good deer on, on camera or having good encounters in those three spots that you hunt in the fall, there's a really good chance that you're going to that you're going to catch something in those not so great spots that, that you thought sucked. And then you're going to have that history built up to be like, Hey, I know where I'm going November 4th or right. Hey, I know where I'm going that the pheasant muzzleloader bear cross, everybody in the woods opener, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, that, that might be something you could try then.
1: Right. So here's here's a, a good transition question that's still within the, our realm you know when we talk about sign and trail cameras because that's starting to be that time, right It's starting yeah. to get to that time where we're getting okay, June 1st I know people put out cameras. I know people that don't put out cameras until the end of the summer they don't care about the growth of, of watching mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, When it comes to sign Aaron, what is your what is your trail cam? scouting kind of mission that you really are hoping to find and does that change to what you actually will hunt over slash set up on or do, does it really, I mean, you could even give example of how something would pull, pull that into mesh if that makes sense.
0: Well, I mean, I've been really just experimenting with trail cameras the last couple of years just to see, yeah, it's always good to change something up a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think the best thing to do with trail cameras is to think of three elevations. So high, low, high, high, medium, and low elevation. And then, um, uh, really think of different, think of different features that are going to work through you for throughout the year. So I know I'm going to get velvet on summary food stuff, like, well, green Briar is great any time of the year, but you know, I talk about clear cuts a lot. Um, if the clear cut is uh is low still like you don't have that like head hot deer head height vegetation like that's really good summering because i i don't know if it's true but they say bucks don't like to go through really thick stuff when they've velvet because their antlers are sensitive but you know low lush stuff like that you're going to get a lot of velvet pictures on but then you know if you want that to work for you in the early part of the season for hunting, make sure there's a white oak close by and you got some kind of, I like pokeberries in the early season. It's okay. just it's basically a weed, right? Like uh, uh, let's say you have a highway worker um, putting a new guardrail and you'll get poke berries growing up and that kind of stuff. It, I, it kind of looks like a bunch of um, a bunch of grapes, but if you're listening to this, just Google poke berries, you'll know what I'm talking about then, but that's a really good summer food source. And then it kind of kind of gets you into the fall sometimes. If you have warmer, warmer, you get that first couple of weeks of the season, week or two. Um, but then if you have white oaks close by, that's a real draw for that. Because everybody talks about the white oaks in, in early October, or late September, if that's your opener. But you have that draw to those white oaks, plus you have that summertime food source that they were already feeding on. So they're already used to that area. So you can use those cameras early. And then you're kind of moving to mid October now. Now you want scrapes. You still might have some red oaks, but you need some browse close by. If it's a dry year, water helps. Water's always good. Um, but that's so that's your second time. So you're thinking about early October, mid October, deer starting to come into the scrapes, or you're looking for bedding to those scrapes, okay? Because that's what they're they're going to next usually that's better for hunting if you can find the area that they're going from bedding to scrape Mm -hmm. because they they usually i've seen deer a lot of times check those scrapes before they go feed and then they'll check them i mean you get yeah nighttime pictures all the time and then then you want some cameras in an area where it's going to be a rut traveling okay so downwind of those scrapes downwind of doe bedding so you need cameras in all those different spots to get yourself through a whole year, but then you only have to check them once before the season. Right. I don't really like to check cameras unless I'm passing it. Like I'll check them in uh, early September. So then I'm not going back in there. Cause you're not the only, even if it doesn't matter how far back you get, <laughs> there is going to be somebody else there. So if you're spending your, if you're going in there every two weeks to check a camera, and that other person is going in there every week to check a camera. And then somebody else is going in every three weeks to check. That's a lot of pressure before a season. And you can't automatically think you're the only person going in there to check a camera because you're not, you might think you are, but you're probably wrong. Yep. So if you want to, if you want the best opportunity for your spots to work for you, the best thing is, is to check them once like three weeks to a month before the season and then don't check them unless you are passing them on your way out of, of hunting, like pull the card. Don't even look at it while you're in there, pull the card, put a new card in and, and get out. Um, it, it tends to work better for you that way. Here's a, and good, then go ahead, go ahead you finish. I guess the last thing for that would be is like, if you, if you, if you want to know like what's heating up, yeah. either a put a cell cam in there, if you don't have service, put a camera near a main access. It, it kind of you, be creative because you don't want that camera getting stolen. Everybody works hard for their money and, and people feel the need to steal cameras. It sucks. But if you, if you'll be surprised how many deer will use an area close, to, even if it's at night, but at least, you know, like they're getting closer to morning here like in my spot they're going to be there they're going to be on their feet in shooting light yeah that that's pretty key because then you can if you can get off a main trail or a service road or whatever it is and grab that camera quick and put it back on that tree and those deer aren't going to be affected by that right. almost at all
1: yeah so when you were saying too about like checking that your cameras like try to as minimal as, as possible when it gets to like how you said that spot where I want to go in here November 4th, right? Mm-hmm. When that happens and you do go in there November 4th, do you check that camera if it is a non-cell camera? Like, okay, hey, I'm checking it. It really hasn't been heating up and it gets gray light. It gets light. You know, are you still sticking around if it, things aren't going the way the camera kind of told you slash what you're gaining or noticing from the tree?
0: I'm pretty stubborn, so I've built some history in the areas that yeah. I've hunted in. So if I if I have history that says that uh, there's bucks here at this time of year, I I don't really care. Like I'll probably check the camera and look at it while I'm in the tree or something. Yeah. But I'm probably not going to move if I know that's an area that's that's heat. Like let's say it's November fourth. I know I have I can think in my head of specifically. A spot that's really, really good November 4th. Your camera is my grandfather always used to say there's more room, there's more room around them than there is on them. And it's true for your weapon as as well as trail cameras. Like you're capturing what 15 yards twenty of of space yep. in a in an area that you can see maybe further than that. And there's also a backside to that tree. So if you know that that's caught pictures before I I probably wouldn't move if I know that there's deer going through there, just be kind of bummed. There's no deer on the camera. Um, but that's also like, that's also why it's a better idea to check them on your way out or just pull the card on your way out. Cause honestly, uh, that that could change somebody's mind. Like, I know this is the right day to go sit in this tree. I know I should I know deer were here before. This is this is why I think I should sit here and you have made a calculated good decision to sit there. Yep. And then you check a camera and you're like, "Ah, there's no deer here." And you move to the next one <laughs> and then that camera gets a picture of a big 12 point 10 minutes after you left. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's not a good way to hunt either. Yeah. Well, cuz so, like
1: like you said, you know, historically maybe those deer are just not using that one little trail that you have your camera set on. Right. Maybe yeah. there's 25 yards behind it that right. you're not, you know, you're not getting any that photos. Just right. not
0: yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've, I've seen that a lot of times. Like I know I had a camera on a tree three or four years ago and it just wasn't getting pictures. Like I was getting a lot of summer pictures and then it like tapered off. And we had a regular, this was a cell cam. We had a regular camera there the year before and had great pictures on it. And I'm like, this is weird. Like this cell cam is not getting anything. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go sit there. And all the bucks went behind it every single one. <laughs> and in fact, la- last year, I I actually didn't hang any cameras in there last year and last year I sent a buddy and I was like, Yeah, you know, it's like pretty good spot. I had a couple was good Is that hunts the day there. that he
1: had he had he like
0: thirteen bucks yeah. and a bear and I think he said two of the bucks were were Pope.
1: Yeah.
0: And the other ones were he you know, above a hundred a couple of the other ones were above a hundred inches. But it, based on what he told where he told me those bucks were, I would have not had a single one on the camera that I normally hang in that spot. And how can you beat a day like that? Even if you don't get a shot, like, well, I mean, he had his bow drawn twice, I think that day and just couldn't get them to stop. Cause it's a rut, uh, a pretty good rut cruising area. Yeah. But how, how do you have a day like that and be like, hunting sucks, you know, yeah. <laughs> if you don't. No, that was my October,
1: what, 30th this past year when I had the... All
0: five of those bucks uh, came running. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, that's, yeah, like you said, those are days in the woods that you, you say that you're, you'd be mad that you'd hope to get to get a shot and even know if you don't, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome.
0: I think the other thing we need to talk about cameras when we're talking about efficiency is how many. Yeah. Um, normally I, I normally I'm running like somewhere between six and 10 cameras for like a, a core area. And maybe that's, uh, I used to run six over maybe a mile and then two years ago I ran, you know, 10 or, 10 or 12, um, in a little bit less than a mile last year, uh, Troy and I hung 20 cameras in that same area that we did the year prior. And honestly, it didn't make a difference. You know, you think you're going to pattern a deer and think that, um, Oh, well, if I got him coming from this direction then I'll catch him on this camera, but they're going all over the place in the big woods, they're going all over the place. Yeah. And yeah, we got, we got some pictures of the same deer, and kind of could figure out which direction he was going or what kind of loop he was making or whatever. But it didn't really help you like nail it down any better. Just yeah. like this deer prefers to be this direction more than this direction, which is good because then you can narrow down the areas that you should hunt a specific buck. Right. So if he prefers the, the 300 acres towards the East, than he does towards the West or he shows up at night and, on the 300 acres West and during the day on the, so you know where to hunt him. now during the day, you have to use your smarts on what kind of food he's using. What, what kind of food does he prefer when he's coming through those other cameras? Is he, is he picking on uh, little brows or is he, you know, the big mass crops? What is he doing in the pictures normally? Um, does he, does he hit a certain scrape pattern? Like is he hitting again, these scrapes at night, these scrapes during the day, like, um, is he hitting scrapes that little bucks hit? You know right. that kind of thing. But that—that's probably the only thing that hanging twenty cameras versus twelve cameras did was oh, he prefers this side a little more than he does this side. Which you can still do with less cameras. Yeah, you just get less, a little less info. But I think if you have, let's say, you have. Uh let's say you don't have that many cameras. Let's say you have fifteen. And these aren't all cell cameras either. They right. Let's cameras. just say you have but normally for cell cams, normally what I'm doing is I I like one one cell cam for every ten cameras that are running. Got so it. nine of my cameras are regular cam, one is a cell cam. And I um we'll we'll talk about something else in cell cams in a little bit, but I think let's say you have 15 camera or 15 cameras. I I would break them up honestly in fives, like pick five core area or three core areas and hang five cameras in each area. And, you know, put one in the middle and then four on the one in the, on the Northeast, one in Northwest, Southwest, Southeast, and one in the middle. And then because you're, because you're, um, you're kind of you you have it like that you should probably pick something specific that it's looking at uh running it on um on a on a travel route for rut is great but bucks are still going to hit scrapes in the rut um especially during like a lockdown phase where they're trying to find does here and there um so find that area that if you're focused on the rut doe bedding is the best. So if you're if you need to hang it on a travel route, find a trail that's near the doe bedding that the does are going to use all the time because then you're going to get good rut pictures. Mm-hmm. But um scrapes are probably your best bet when you're running that that few cameras. Um or or some very good like a water hole would be a great thing to have right in the middle of that because you can you know for sure that deer are going to come and hit a single water hole versus if you hang it on a creek or something like that they obviously use creeks but if you hang it on that uh moving water you need it needs to be on a crossing because then you know you're going to get that actual movement but water hole in the middle and then just pick a scrape on on the outside corners of that
1: Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. Would you you say using these cameras and over the last couple of years of growing and developing kind of like your own little system. Do you think this has made you a more of a efficient hunter? And if so, like in what way?
0: Yeah, I think so. Because I think you learn more about the woods. You're more prone to, uh, get a picture of a deer and he's eating something in the back of your trail camera. You go there, you're like, Hey, what's that? And you take a picture of it and go look it up online or, um, you can un- you start to understand more of like well why would a deer move here at night he's not moving here during the day well right. go figure it out like right. the the camera is giving you only a small piece of the information they're great they don't replace scouting we this is such a popular topic to talk about right now It's the ethics of cameras and cell cameras and whatever like they are a tool that's in your bag and if you if you don't know how to use it you're going it, to it's not going to help you Um,
1: and a lot of people and a lot of people use them still don't kill whitetail or 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 don't use it to in in a a, like i mean i have a lot i didn't kill a buck last year you know what i mean so it's not like it's it guarantees you that that
0: kill no absolutely not and i like i guess in the way that you use it i mean i have right i haven't really i'll i'll be completely transparent like I write for a trail camera company, but I've only used trail cameras for four or five—I think five years now. Mm-hmm. Some I don't know, four or five years. Okay, let's say this will be the fifth. This will be the fifth season that I use them. Okay, I—I I killed. I've killed two bucks that were on camera. One of them I knew about before I killed him, so one. Well, I guess I knew about the other one, but I didn't know it was him until hind, like hindsight. Right. Um, I shot, I shot like a, a six pointer three or four years ago now, and I had him on a cell camera way down a ridge from where I was hunting. I knew the area, this the spot that I was hunting was good. I never had run cameras on it, but I had a really good encounter the year before, um, towards the end of October, and I, I'm just going to hunt there. My my buddy was hunting down this ridge where I had this cell cam or close to where I had it. And I ended up killing a buck that we had on the camera. Now we only had run one camera in that whole area. I just had that cell cam there because we found a scrape and thought it was cool or whatever. Oh, (laughs) here. Um, And then not last year, but the year before I killed that 10 pointer, we had him on a lot. I had him a lot. Um, And I knew about him from, I had pictures of him on July, August, September, October. I had him the entire time. Um, again, I, I didn't, I didn't pattern him with a camera. Right. I just knew he preferred this general area during the daylight.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I probably, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, Aaron. I, I agree when I see people post, like especially like when Byron posts about like. He, I know he recently had one where someone said a story like he got this deer on camera and went out in his backyard or like whatever, and he basically mm-hmm. with especially with a gun and knew where the area he, the deer was traveling. He cut him off and he shot him. Like I, we don't do that, right? Like we've never, like, like you said, it's gonna help you maybe put yourself in the right area. And when we say area, it's a huge area. It's not even like, like you get, yeah, you're
0: talking, be bright. You know, what I'm you're saying? talking, yeah, you're talking big woods. I think one thing that cell cams do is it keeps it fresh in your mind. Like you're getting that instant gratification. And actually, the place that I ran a cell cam that I just told you about with the six pointer, I ran a cell, I always run a cell cam out there. Mm-hmm. Well, this year it died in the beginning of October and I just didn't feel like going to change the batteries to be completely honest. And I, di- I just didn't get to it because I was elk hunting in September and then October, you know, I'm like, eh, I'll get there when I get there. Now it's hunting season. And I had run a camera. So for three years on that tree and I was like, that that's where I killed my buck this year. Right. I didn't have my buck on camera, but I knew that area would be good this time of year. I used that cell camera as a tool not as a crutch right so and i think that's the important thing the unfortunate thing is is that there's no everybody is saying like there's no true definition for fair chase and there's no regulation to define it i guess everybody has their own ethics and there's plenty of people that aren't ethical and there are plenty of people that are ethical so i think that um Uh, that hunters should be taking time to display what their ethics are instead of their opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if your ethics are like, I'm not going to put a cell camera on a bed and watch a deer stand up and down and go in there and try to shoot him. Uh, There's no, nothing that says you can't. Yeah. But when you're talking about fair and you're talking about chase fair is the, the true definition of fair is is not taking advantage of something and chase is very related to hunting in a dictionary right it 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 literally says to pursue or chase down an animal so if you're trying not to cheat literally just think about a camera and how you can use it to cheat and then don't do that because that's where the that's where the ethical part is right like when you're talking about fair chase. So no, I, I think that, I think that all cameras are tools. And, um, if you, if you, uh, if you only know how to use the hammer in your tool bag and you don't know how to use your drills and you like what you, you know, and you don't know about what you're working on, then you're not going to get the job done. Right. Right.
1: I like it. What, uh, what was the piece that you wanted to talk about with cell cameras? Cause
0: I guess we kind of touching on that yeah, a little bit is just that yeah. is the is the ethics of them and like like I said I I think the, your mind is so in in October November at the longer hunting season goes on the more you think about it the more you're in tune with what's going on and the easier it is to remember what happened next year like yeah. I can I can hang a cell cam in a spot that I've hung on for a couple of years and be like I'm going to get a picture on that thing tomorrow and I get a picture. Yeah. And that's because like last year, because you're so hyper-focused on hunting, you can remember those bits of information. It, and it's like, um, it's the same thing with waypoints that you save in your Onyx. Like if you find a giant scrape in, in that spot, you're likely to remember what waypoint you mark there. Yeah. But then how many times you open your thing and didn't write things down You'll remember that one even if you didn't write things down because you know exactly where you found the antler or you found the big scrape, but then you have like fifteen other waypoints and you're like, I don't know what that was. You yeah. know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> been there, man. Trust me. Yeah. I've, been, I've been there. Um, but it's that. Yeah. It's
0: that. It's that thing that gives you that instant reward is like, hey, I'm going to remember that next year, and then yeah, the next year you can be like, well, I don't need to hang a camera there because. I can use my I can take the money I earned and use this camera on a tree that I don't know about because I know this area works works best at this time. Now, the thing that you lose is you might know that a big buck is in there and maybe you don't get a picture of him before and people like have pictures of their bucks. I like having pictures of my bucks too. It's cool. Yeah. You can be like, "Oh, I've, you know, whatever." But it's more important to kill one. So, if you can use your tool and put it over here instead of something you already know about, that's great. Now, the other thing is, is maybe that area that you knew about is not good like it was. So you need to figure that out by sign or or if you do have availability to hang that camera there for at least a little bit of time or something, to you know, if you're still using it, that's important too. But using your tools elsewhere to build on your, your stuff that you got, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. With all these cell cam- well, I shouldn't say, let me correct my, my, my wording there. With all your trail cameras that you're putting out, cell and non, you are have already put out a good bit, and I'm sure you're going mm-hmm. to continue to put out some more and move maybe some. What is so far your game plan right now as of May 3rd?
0: I, I put cameras out in areas that I really, well, A, I haven't been to them or I haven't hunted them or hung a camera in there. I want to see, I don't want to see what deer are using it. I want to see if deer like to use it. Um, you can argue that they won't use it now as much as they will in the fall or something like that. Um, but I want to know if, if like, is that terrain feature something a deer likes or not? Are they, are they walking around it, you know? Um, or, you know, stuff like that. Like i this is, this is going to make me sound dumb, but I found this trail once and, um, and I was like, man, this is tore up. And this is, I was actually with, I was scouting with Clint, uh, with Clint Campbell. And I was like, man, this trail is tore up. What is this all about? Hung camera on it. It was a freaking mountain bike trail. (laughs) (laughs) So like, but I would, I, there's deer tracks on it. You know what I mean? Like, of course deer walking on it every now and then, but like, you wouldn't know that till you hang that camera. Well, guess what? We checked it in July. Guess what we did with that camera? It went somewhere Sorry, better. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And I didn't waste my time. So I think that's important uh important now. And then um I kinda have some stuff in areas that it might might work out for early season. Um just kinda some light. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I guess the, I could say that it's a lot of stuff that's kind of dead right now that would probably be good in warmer seasons mm-hmm. and then in turn good for an early hunt, you know. And then I might move some of those cameras if they suck, you know, not, I mean, you should run a camera for a whole year in a spot, yeah. Um, but really it's just to find out if deer even like that yeah. stuff. So yeah, I've hung, I've hung a few and, um, based on what I find on those, then I'll either bulk that area up or like, eh, I'll just leave one in here and see what goes on.
1: Yeah. Is there any like true deadline for you when it comes to hanging, not hanging cameras? Like I said, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, I mean, I have friends that won't put them out until end of August. You know what I mean? And, and we have friends that put them out all year because the one aspect that I think I've picked up on is obviously knowing how deer and been using scrapes all year round right that, mm-hmm. that's the one thing where i might just need to go change batteries it's a good spot it's a good location yeah. it's a good inventory type of ordeal um so like that's what i'll usually run all year round as far as like on a scrape if if, if it c- continues to produce basically um but yeah is there really any beginning end date for you when it comes to with, with the cameras
0: I think that's what you just said is worthwhile scrapes that are used, especially if you're out shed hunting and it's like, there's uh, you know, fresh dirt kicked uh-huh. up, like might as well hang on there and see what happens. But I think um, you're not really getting a lot of, unless you hunt the late season, you're not really getting a lot of information basically from the end of that late season through uh, even the beginning of April. You're not really getting a whole lot of pertinent information. Um, I still hang camera, I hung cameras two or three weeks ago now, just because I know it's an area that I'm going to run out of time going to the areas that I want to bulk my cameras up. I know I already have certain areas where I'm going to put, uh, a a, a bunch of, of, yeah, yeah. a good chunk of cameras. So I'm going to spend a lot of time doing that in the summer and I'm not going to get back to those areas. So I'll hang those and I'll go check them later, or I can go check them and have time to hang those other ones and check those other ones later and not check these. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I probably, I'd, I usually like to get them out toward somewhere between the middle of June and the beginning of July. I like that, you know, before July 4th. Um, cause I've had some, I've had some pretty great pictures that first week of July. Um, if you like the velvet thing, like, that's, that, to me, that's fun. I like, mm-hmm. I think that's one really fun thing about cameras is it's, like, something to get you excited about the season. Like, you should always be excited about deer hunting if you like the deer hunt. But I think it's just one more thing that gets you outside and is, is just fun. I, I don't know who doesn't like to see pictures of deer if you don't, you know.
1: I, here's, if I could, if anybody... please hit me up in a private message or something like this. If you have found some type of, of correlation to this and I have the last two years, I try to get mine out at least before August for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that means heck I might even put it a regular or cell camera, even in June, turn it on, make sure that it's working and I might be able to, if I'm able to from the app, like shut it off. Right. So then I don't care. Let it, I like kind of like what we're saying. Yes. It's nice to get the the velvet on, but at times or certain areas for me, I know I don't get a lot of buck movement on that mountain until it gets to fall. Right. Um, but what I've noticed is that, man, what is it like the 23rd, like the 18th through the 23rd of August, Mm -hmm. my buck movement picks up and what ends up happening is those deer will then be gone for whatever many weeks before that shift and then once Mm -hmm. the fall rolls around they're back in that area like there's been a couple deer that i've had encounters with that my dad has killed um two years ago like we had them on camera in august like they Mm -hmm. did not appear at all all summer because I had that camera running all summer and then boom, it was like that 18th through to 23rd. You know what I mean? We had encounters. I had an encounter with one of the eights. My dad killed one of them. And then my last year, same thing. Like had some pictures of, of some in August that had opportunities or missed missed opportunities on during fall, basically. And I, you would see them. But again, leading up to that point in time, nothing or a little bit right. after nothing until that shift happens again. So and I know um, I want to say Chad and the guys from Exodus on the podcast they had a guest on a couple last year or something along those lines and they brought that up as well and I was like that kind of ding for me so if anybody listened to that episode or hasn't and this is a you know think back to the to your middle end of August pictures of that eighteen to twenty third twenty fourth time frame and let me know if you've kind of yeah. have. Seen something similar?
0: I think that's a jury. It's a jury yeah, thing. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember for. Sure. I know I've heard Chad talk about it, and I think it's a jury thing. But don't quote me th- on that. I
1: think you're right. I think you are right on that. Um. So yeah. So I guess, I'm. I, I'm I, trying. I, I'm trying to get my cameras out before August for sure.
0: I I guess I noticed that, but I think it's specific to the area that you're hunting too. Yeah, it might be the food. So uh, I'll just you know that big eight pointer that I had this mm-hmm. year, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that area was where I shot the ten pointer last the two year, my buck two years ago. I had that my book on camera in the beginning of July, and then I didn't have him on again until September. Okay. Okay, so I can't, I can't remember the dates in July, but I know it was in the first week. Same thing with that eight pointer this year. I had him on in the beginning of July. And then I didn't get him like he was on sporadically here and there, but we had so many cameras this year. It was a little bit different. I had him in the beginning of July though. And I didn't really get him until like late August. Yep. So he kind of disappeared for almost a month from those cameras. So it might be specific to the area that you're hunting or, or you just need to have that history built over a couple years of like, Hey, uh, the core bucks use this area at this time and then they come back Yeah. or like, you know, cause then, I mean, I have plenty of bucks and there's one specific camera I can think of that, like, you know, what deer are in the area and then you can tell when they go away and when they come back <laughs> on that camera. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. they always, they always pass it, but yeah.
1: that's good stuff, man. I, I like that. Um, so other than trail cameras, what else are you doing maybe for this year? preparing for hunting season already or that you think, plan on doing.
0: Uh, so access is a is a good one for this time of year. And I think that I could do a little bit better. Well you can always do better at everything you do. Right. Um and that's why you should always like, uh this worked this year, so I'm not going to change that, but this part wasn't great and you should tweak that part. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm always doing with cameras. But um I think access is always something that you can work on. Um uh this year I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get a new pair of hiking boots and just hike, uh, hiking trails. Cause there's, there's a lot. All right. You can open up your on or Spartan forge or hunt stand, whatever you're using, and it'll show you trails, mm-hmm. right? You can walk those and, and learn them because those can take you in a really good distance most of the time. And there's something that everybody uses. So either deer are going to avoid them or they don't care or whatever, whatever it is. That's something that is regularly used by people. So you can check those trails out. You ever go on a game lands and there's like the trail that's marked as a service road. You walk to service road and there's eight different branches that go off the service road that either uh, the game commission made or like people like to look out a certain, a certain lookout or something. So they made a trail to it and, or just from so many people walking that like there's a trail there now. Yep, You should go learn those too and then turn your tracker on whatever app you're using, turn the tracker on because now you got a new access that you can get in there quick, quiet. Uh, there's already people sent there. You're not adding anything new. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea. So you can find those, um, those hidden trails or like, I know there's one, there's one place that, uh, you and I have talked about scouting together. Um, that, uh, that has mountain bike trails on it. And none of them are marked on any apps like at all. Yeah. And it is just a maze of trails. Well, they're that kind of stuff is the stuff I'm talking about. You can use that as an, as an easy way to access your spots and uh, not, you know, maybe not jack things up. Yeah, I know. I'm
1: trying to, like I said, for me, it's kind of building onto the whole, scouting thing and that was one of my missions last year and I think it's just kind of to build on that as well and as time gets closer to be a little bit more calculated with things you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and not and honestly calculated but go with my gut if that makes Mm -hmm. sense because it always seems like whether it's for myself a friend a family member when it comes to especially when it comes to hunting every time I've gone to my gut I've Something usually ends up happening, whether a su- successful tag's been filled or a really great encounters happen um, yeah, so that's like that's kind of not something really I'm working on, but um the other aspect is also I've been very confident, I would say even probably too too confident in the sense of like my mobile saddle hunting setup, and yeah. for me, like I've talked about it already, maybe twice on the podcast. Like I'm, in, I'm going to be running three sticks, to, or you know, three sticks with my three step aider, uh, my mm-hmm. GC one from Backwoods um, uh, Mobile, but I'm going to rappel down, right? So I'm not one sticking. I'm just going to mm-hmm. be rappelling down just to be a little bit more efficient, especially since I'll be using those the aider as with that big gap climbing up. I have no issues, zero, Mm -hmm. but climbing down, especially when it's dark out could be a little bit, uh, a little bit wonky. So I just, I just want to be a little bit more efficient. And if I'm hunting back at home where it is private on certain times, if I know I'm going to be in the same tree, I'll just be able to zip down and call it a night and get back up in there in the morning.
0: Now, if any of you listen to the podcast with, uh, with Jim, you can't ask Jim about uh the efficiency of haters yeah. because they don't they don't make.
1: Yeah, the, the one me you, me you and him did. Oh my gosh. That day he was like, "What the frick, Jerry?" It's like, "This sucks." I know. well, I will say this. I man kudos to Jim because um he's he's, you know, I mentioned earlier about doing the mountain tough thing. He's he's been doing uh he's been hitting it hard uh as well in the gym and he's he's doing really well. He's
0: yeah, he's, man. At the show, he lost, he lost a ton of weight. Dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's, you know, I, I love seeing success like that. So um, yeah. So anything else for preparing? I, I know I'm excited. I know Exodus is going to be having the, the two Oh four arrows coming down the pipe soon. Yep. I'm, I'm ecstatic for those. Um, the MMTs have been great. I know you've shot and killed multiple deer with them. I, and, and an elk with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the 204 I, that is just I don't know that's the been my bread and butter when it comes to diameter shafts the MmTs mm-hmm. have been great like shooting at, out of this bow they've been fine I just yeah. I, I'm excited to, to t- do a little testing with them
0: I I'm gonna I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them a try like yeah. uh, they like us to try everything you know so yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a whirl and see how they go um, I shot a micro diameter arrow in the past and it was just a crappy arrow to be completely honest so right. i didn't love it but um i'm excited to try these like they're they're built to perform well okay. so
1: dude I'm- they're listen exodus guys right now are on a friggin' tear because with they're going to be releasing that they have the new rival camera uh, i mean it's a great
0: camera too. Hey, did do you run yours yet? yeah
1: i i started running mine because i want to make a video of dude for the price um, and after certain specials and there's going to be a really cool one this month. I mean, you could get it. At, I don't know. Like I've talked about it before. I've, I've joined a couple different uh, Facebook groups where I love just seeing what different trail camera people, you know, pictures people get, and it's great opportunity for people to discuss certain cameras. And I mean, I really haven't had a lot of issues when it has when it comes to uh, the reveals from Tacticam. But Mm -hmm. lately, I don't know what it is, but my, the image quality wasn't that great. And obviously I have a render. I have a track even still that still is bomb proof. I swear to that thing, you could like smash it and it's still going to work. Yeah. Dude, the quality is still the best out of all of them. And I, I, we, we talked about that one time on Dimitri and I did a podcast. Like I, I have fewer Exodus cameras, but they are the best cameras if that makes sense yeah, like out of out of all of them and this rival i mean he (laughs) it's it's awesome actually i said it before it makes takes better photos actually than probably their render too
0: it's a great it's a great well a it's a great budget cell Mm -hmm. cam period um verizon users sorry if you're in a verizon coverage area it's at&t right now but yeah um it's a dude, I've had the camera on a tree for, I've had that camera. So I, I put a solar panel on it. I had some leftover, this is, this is breaking a golden rule. I'm sorry, Chad. Uh, I had some leftover lithium batteries in like in one of my, uh, my lift twos and my regular cameras. And I popped them out and put them in that. Cause I was excited. I couldn't all yeah. the stores were all sold out of lithium batteries. So I went and put old lithium batteries in this thing and paired it with a with a solar panel. I've had it on a tree now for 3 months and 100% battery with the solar panel cuz yeah. it gets they run on ambient light or whatever. So it's a great if you're running a cell cam like use the solar panel cuz it's, it's especially in area, especially in areas oh, yeah. that you are getting, getting a little bit more traffic yeah. on for sure. Way worth your way worth your money. Yeah. But I've had this thing on a tree for 3 months now. I have it on a one-shot burst, 10-second delay, because I don't. It's not like a time you need tons of pictures. I get thirty pictures a day on that ca- on that camera so far, and the quality is great. So, like you, like that's basically like a new deer in every picture almost. You know, unless it's unless they're like hanging out, like they're munching on the bush that's behind. You know, some sometimes it's the one to hang out and munch on a bush in the in the picture, but it's, it's a lot of pictures. You're getting a lot of pictures and I, it's the area that I have it in has three bars of service. So it's not like a great, you know, as far as like sending pictures, I really shouldn't be getting that many pictures. Like most of the time you're like checking your card and there's like 40 pictures you missed or something. Um, that's, that's not happened yet. So, and I did that on purpose because I'm, I'm trying to see what works with this camera and it's great, great camera.
1: No, that's awesome. Yeah, so really cool things with that. Um, last thing, Aaron, uh, when it comes to our hunting uh, that, that we've done the last couple of years since we've built our friendship and everything, you know, there's one thing that, one word that I feel like comes up uh, when I think about it, and that is, that is being persistent. And when whether it's good times, bad times, you know, we're we've talked about, how we still grind it out. That is the one other thing going into like this year is, is to be continuing to be persistent when it comes to the right time and the right moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess when you know you're burnt out, like, but you don't area is going to be good. You just have to find a way to, to to, to turn that your hunting off for a second and get yourself back in the game. You know,
1: like I know you, you clipped that one last year. And mm-hmm. you, you licked your wounds for that, that evening and what the next morning, I think. And then you were, you were back on the saddle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're still after it. You know, for me, had cool encounters, didn't get a job, the job done, but I was still going after it. Right. And yeah, I think, uh, when persistence and, uh, and your drive slash you're still doing something you love. And, and it doesn't do a negative turn on you. Like that's, that's my goal, man, is where if I could have all of those three things and not turn into like a wear down of negativity. I know we've talked about, you hear people talk about on other podcasts and, and videos of take that mental break and it's okay. Like that is totally fine. Like mm-hmm. I'm not putting that down by any means. Cause I'm for that when it comes to even just life in general, like there's days, yeah. there's days where I just want to come down here in the man cave and just sit here and do nothing. You know what I mean? Like you need those me time, but my goal for next year is to have that persistence of, of being calculated, enjoying myself and getting that, getting the job done.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's, you know, you've been talking about like you've been hitting the weight room and Jim's been losing weight and it's the same, it's the same thing as going, going to the gym, right? Like yeah. there's mo- there's a lot of days you're not going to do it, but if you go down there and you do it, you feel a lot better. And you, you also know that you're not going to get any gains unless you're in the gym yeah. or you're not eating right or whatever it is. There's obviously a time where it's all right to, 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 to step back and, you know, hang out with your family or You know, take a nap or whatever that whatever that is, like, take it and give yourself the moment. But like, if you're it's the same thing, if you're not persistent in the gym, you're not persistent in the tree, you're not going to get the end result that you want.
1: Yep. And we're talking about doing it in in a good positive way,
0: right? Like not just saying
1: F your family and, and just, you know, like doing it like kind of like I, how I, with the Turkey this past year, like I was on my way to ready to go home. And I said, you know what? No, you you still have time. It's not raining as hard as it was. Throw your gloves on the dash, let them warm up, go drive around a little bit. Oh, look at that cool little train feature. Try to go scout it. Right. Like that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of getting at uh, as far as, uh, uh, as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, we can have a we can have a probably do a family discussion podcast and how you can manage your time better there or not just manage your time better, but figure out how it works for you and your family to have a yeah. have a good season. We should do that sometime. But
1: that will that will be part of the uh, mountain one when we yeah when we do our scouting trip one.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be a good one. I have man. Anything else? Um, Go ahead before we get off. I guess. I guess just. <laughs> you have to talk about shooting your bow when you're talking about efficiency. Yeah. And I think you need to um, yes. now is a really good time to, to hammer out your plan for that. Yeah. Um, whether you're going to set a target out, you know, you know, I work seven to seven when I'm, I only work three days a week. So I sound like I work a lot, but a seven to seven or whatever, I still want to get that, sh- you know, take a shot when you get home from work, take three shots when you get home from work. But remember that when you're shooting a deer, it's only one shot. So if you are very very good at one quality shot at 30 40 yards you're going to make yourself better that way. Yep. I I personally like I, every year I change that up too, but I personally like taking a handful of shots, keep my strength up, keep make keep my mind in the form, okay? And then Um, my buddies want to come over on the weekend. Well, I'll shoot 50 shots with my buddies because we're having a good time. Um, but otherwise, you know, keep it fun for yourself. Like, of course, if I feel like shooting more, I will. But if it's just like, Hey, I want to make sure that my form's good today. Draw that bow, shoot that one quality shot, you know, or preach whatever it is for you, build, build some kind of scouting thing where you're getting consistent stuff and you can pull that bow back and it touches the same spots on your face every single time, and then, you know, make a plan for the summer and make sure that you include some kind of, if you're shooting out of a ground blind or you're shooting out of a saddle or a tree stand, make sure you include that in, huge, your, in, your, in your practice.
1: I can't, I can't echo that enough. And I liked what you said. I, I've i used to shoot my bow for hours upon hours, like hundreds of arrows and it, it did really, it did, do me really well, but I think over time it did me really bad <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can get
0: in your own head real do, fast, real
1: freaking quick. And so now I love, I love like a, a medium. Like I like to shoot two dozen, you know what I mean? If, if yeah. like when I, on these longer and I take a little bit yeah. longer breaks, I'm not just ripping, you know, 24 to 30 shots. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I, they're not quick ones. I'm, I'm taking my time a little bit more. I'm doing different scenarios. And what Aaron said, I can't stress enough when it comes to shooting your bow and whatever hunting situation you plan on doing. If you know one day you might be walking on the ground, stalking and you have to shoot from both knees or one knee up and one knee kind of in a wonky position, practice mm-hmm. it. If you're going to be hunting out of a tree stand, practice it. If you're hunting out of a saddle, practice it. And even practice setting up your stuff As well, without even shooting per se, right? Like practice maneuvering
0: around the tree, all that stuff. I mean, that's right. If you want your opener opening to be good, yeah. You know what sucks the most on the opener? Climbing up the tree (laughs) in a saddle for the first time in the year, like, yeah, you suck at it. Yeah, you you make tons of noise. You drop things in the ground. You forget to bring things up with you, like all that stuff happens if you don't do it before so that's just as important to practice yep. like that that kind of stuff and can get, get your first run yeah. done
1: now get your first run done in june july yep. so that way again when when october or whenever your opener is if you're going out to north dakota in september or end of august type of ordeal get it done so that way that's already your 10th 15th climb of the year
0: yeah. And, um, yeah, I just think that the, the practicing stuff is, is super key. And, and there, again, with the shooting stuff, there's no problem with shooting tons of shots. If you want to, if you're going to hang out with your buddies while you're watching football in the, in the early fall or you're watching, oh we're going to watch baseball or, you know, everybody's coming over we're going to shoot shoot a ton of shots. Like just yeah. have a good time. Don't, don't, don't pressure yourself. If you suck, don't, Get out don't of count it. that in your next. <laughs> don't count that in your next practice. Be like, oh well, I sucked last time, so I'm yeah. going to suck this time. Just have a good time with your buddies and and shoot, yeah. um, and then and then get back to your normal routine of practice. Yeah.
1: No, I like that, dude. What we'll do is, um, we'll hit up another one, like I said for sure, uh, after a scouting trip, or and probably another topic that we want to just chat about. So, um, this was a good one, man. I this one, uh, I'm excited to get out there because again, I think now's the time where trail cameras, people are starting to think about what cameras am I going to run? How many am I going to run? What pieces of my scouting? And uh, you know, how, how can we be a little bit more efficient and we'll build upon this. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg as far as things that we could cover. And again, Aaron, I mean, we'll, we'll come back again and, and visit. Hey, we talked about trail cameras. We talked about some gear stuff. How else can we be a little bit more efficient as a hunter come come next year? So yeah,
0: I think we could do a part two efficiency. and we'll Probably yep. talk about a lot of more stuff. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll listen back and be like, oh shit, we forgot to say that. So, man, I appreciate it, dude. And yeah, you've buddy. Been killing it as far as article goes for for Clint for Exodus. You know, where can people find you? Follow along with what you got going on.
0: Yeah. Um, you can find me over at, uh, Exodus outdoor i writing a lot of stuff for them or uh truth from the Stand.com. Um, check me out in those places or, you know, if and check out the Instagram thing. It, uh, it's just Aaron underscore Hepler.
1: I like it, dude. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know with the family and the girls and same here. So, uh, this is, a-
0: go take care of the new Guinea pig.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Now, now's when you got to go grow some like fresh grass and like put it in a cage and let it go eat, go to town. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I like it dude. Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right, everybody, dude, I appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this one. We'll see you next week. Aunt Laura.